This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Dynasty Portfolio Weekly, hosted by Scott Connor. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to The Trading Floor for another episode of Dynasty Portfolio Weekly. Hope everybody's enjoying the 2024 offseason thus far, but we do not stop. We are going to get right into some portfolio strategy, and this week's episode is going to be titled Paying It Forward. And that is the goal for all of us starting the offseason is paying it forward. And what does that mean? A lot of people will think of the idea of paying it forward is passing along something to somebody else. Somebody gives you something, you pay it forward to somebody else. Somebody helps you with something, you pay the favor forward to somebody else. It's not going to be exactly that. In Dynasty, we're always looking for edges. And in this case, paying it forward is going to refer to the picks that are now available in your leagues via people paying their future dues after getting their winnings from 2023. But more importantly, if your league has rolled over to 2024, you will now go and look at your league and you see a nice flashing number next to those picks. It no longer says 2024 third round pick from this team or 2024 second round pick from this team. It now has a number. It's now the 205. It's now the 303. Heck, you might think, man, I thought I had some good picks, but I have the 212 and the 312. But they're now numbers. Numbers mean they're defined. Numbers mean somebody else probably has a better shot at evaluating the value of that pick now that there's a number attached to it. And why do I want to do this? What is the exercise? So for me, as somebody that is in a portfolio of leagues, one thing that I do is I track all of the picks that I have at any given time on a spreadsheet. Now, that's a little bit overkill. You don't have to do it this way. But generally, I like to go through and track all of my picks. So at any point, you can ask me, Scott, how many 2025 second round picks do you have? And I'll be able to tell you. How many 26 firsts have you accumulated? Now, typically 26 firsts, I haven't traded my own in almost any circumstances. But I can tell you how many I've acquired on top of the ones that I already am given with my specific team. So the point is, at any point, I can track my draft pick inventory. This allows me to get a better gauge, especially when I go through and update it. How many picks this year do I have? 101, 102, 103, 201, 202, 203. How many do I have outside of that war range? I've done prior episodes on that, talking about kind of where the war flattens off with draft picks. And then at a certain point, it goes negative. How many picks do I have in that negative range? Do I really need in my now 42 leagues that I'm down to right now, do I really need 79 third round picks? Do I really need 30 picks outside of the top six in the third round? Do I need that many picks between 307 and 312? 
So you can do this inventory, and even if you're only in eight leagues, 10 leagues, you should be able to track it and say, okay, generally, my exposure to this class is going to be around this. Now, this is without any trading. This is without going out and saying, okay, can I get into this draft? Or maybe I have too many picks in this draft. Do I want to unload some picks in this draft? And that is the strategy today. Now that the picks have numbers, I implore everybody to go out there, track the number of picks that you have in your leagues. And also you have to do a real, real high level roster construction check as well. Because the other caveat is rosters will be defined in terms of how many roster spots. A lot of leagues that I'm in, we've rolled the league over, but people haven't been forced to activate their players from injured reserve. They haven't been forced to promote their taxi squad players yet. That's coming. That's going to refresh here very soon to where that 36 players that you've been holding, because you have four guys on IR and you have four players on the taxi, that's going to cut down to 28 pretty quickly. You know, the 28 that it's supposed to be, it's going to refresh. So there's going to be a roster crunch as well. So one of the reasons to accomplish this is simply to get back into roster construction. It's not just looking at what can I sell. It's not just looking at what wide receivers I can dump because they're roster cloggers, uh, which tune into the last Destination Dynasty where I literally did the roster clogger report and went through every receiver in the league last year and kind of talked through where those tier breaks are and where the liquidation period is or where the liquidation range is at wide receiver. And then I supplemented that uh, with an article that just got released on Destination Devi Tectonic Transactions, 10 wide receivers to liquidate. Meaning basically they are below the threshold, but I also picked a threshold that is above a market range where you should be able to sell them. Now, are you going to sell them for exactly what you want? Probably not. But the goal being, I want these 10 receivers off my teams. If I'm talking a lineup league, I want those receivers off my teams. So that's one side of it. That's like cleaning up my rosters and seeing what I can go out there and liquidate just for draft capital. 24, 25, 26, don't care. Heck, after the draft, there'll be 27 available. The goal being, get that off my team. It's clogging my team, but it's also taking up roster spots. Now, the second thing is doing the analysis on, all right, I have some stuff I need to liquidate here, or I have some stuff that I need to potentially cut here. But once I do that, I know the parameters of how many players I'm going to be able to store. You know that. You can look at your construction. Let's say you're doing the roster construction series format that I'm talking about previously in the series on Destination Dynasty. 12 teams start 11 30-man rosters. No taxi, no injured reserve right now, nothing. 30-man rosters. And I have quite a few like this. I'm still carrying 11 backup quarterbacks. I'm still rostering maybe not as many running backs as I need to because I know I'll be able to churn and burn some of those. But let's say I'm at seven running backs. That's 18 roster spots right there. So I have my core six receivers or so. That's 24. And I have my two tight ends. So that's 26. A lot of that is locked in. Now, that's not saying that I can't churn and burn a running back here and there. Can't move a couple backup quarterbacks. There's going to be a couple rotating roster spots in there. But right there, that is 26 spots that as of right now, I have locked down. So then I go to my draft picks. I have the 111 and the 107. Okay, so I have two firsts. That's good. I have a second. Let's say I got the 210. Four thirds. Okay, man, four thirds. That's nice. Nice to have. Nice to have some picks you can just throw around. 
two-fourths. Go conservative on the fourths, two-fourths. I have a math problem now, right? That's two-firsts, a second, four-thirds, two-fourths, nine picks. 26 plus nine. I'm already above capacity, right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to cut a couple of those backup quarterbacks, maybe draft a couple backup quarterbacks. Who knows? Surely I'm going to draft at least a running back somewhere in the draft, and I'm probably planning on adding a core receiver in there. So I'm going to supplement my roster construction during the draft process or during the spring free agency draft process. Like That's always a work in progress. But right there, I already know, hey, I have 26 spots essentially accounted for. I have nine draft picks, so I'm plus five. Now, what is this going to mean? Can I easily get down five? Yes. But I also know that is a spot where can I go through and take that second rounder? And maybe I don't want to do the second because I only have one of them. That could be kind of a bridge pick that can help me move around in the first potentially. But I have four thirds, two fourths. This is probably a roster where I go, all right, can I go sell? Maybe not the 312 because it's a 312, right? But understanding what that third is to my team, understanding what that third typically is. Can I sell my 305 for a future third somewhere? Then you may say, ah, man, I don't really want to do that till it's on the clock. That's fine. But as soon as everyone else kind of knows, hey, you have too many picks, you're not going to be able to make them all, you may lose your leverage on that. So just remember that dynamic that when everyone has to cut down, things get even tighter. When everyone else starts looking at their picks, Things get even tighter when you get to closer to being on the clock. People start looking at their rosters going, man, I don't know if I can make four third-round picks. Probably shouldn't trade that future third right now for a pick that I don't have to make. So it's a gamble. But that's the analysis where I'll go through and say, I'm plus five. And I also know what's that plus five going to cause me to do. Have very little flexibility, especially for somebody like me that is very dogmatic on my roster construction. That is going to allow me very little flexibility after the draft. Hey, I want to pick somebody up off waivers. Hey, I really want to add something on waivers between now and the draft. I don't have that flexibility on this team. And one thing I didn't talk about on the roster construction series that was probably just a miss by me is I probably always want to have one or two roster spots out of that 30 that are just rotating. Nothing is in them. This week, they can be a quarterback. This week, it can be a running back. But nothing's there. It's essentially a flexible spot week to week. And I'd like to have one or two of those, at least one. But probably two is better. To have just two spots that I can plan to churn and burn every single week. Because there are times where I do get very stuck on the roster construction plan but it's already holding a backup quarterback. And rarely do you sit there and analyze, all right, is this backup quarterback better than this backup quarterback? A lot of times it's random. The injuries that happen to starting quarterbacks are random. And therefore, you don't really know the plan until the plan's right in front of you and you got to go pick up one for the other. So the idea here being is do this analysis, do this calculation. Paying it forward means kicking your picks to the future and not being arrogant and stuck up on the fact that you can't move the 208 for a future second because that person is getting the 208. They're getting a pick now. You're getting extra value, especially in the situation where you are over that calculation. You got 30 roster spots and your number is 39. 
Okay. There's extrinsic benefit to you by getting rid of one of those picks for a future pick. Just right there, it reduces the number, reduces the pressure just a little bit on your roster capacity. But more importantly, it gives you more flexibility. It buys you a little time. You may not see it now, but the pick that's the 208, it is pretty much already gone in terms of how it can help me from a war perspective in season. It's over. You carried that pick, and now you have it into the offseason. So the idea that that pick is going to be able to buy points during the season, it's over because it's going to have to turn into a player before the season. So you get that extra value of having the 25 second instead of having to make a pick on a roster where there's already pressure up against the roster capacity. So that is paying it forward. I want to go in, and I'll just give everybody an example uh, real briefly for me. In 2024, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but out of my 42 leagues, and this is staggering, and this is a mistake or a flaw that I think I might have in my game, and I want to be more cognizant on it going into 2024. Right now, out of 42 leagues, I have 86 third-round picks. 86 third-round picks. Now, does that mean that I was not aggressive enough in tacking a third onto something to get something else? Maybe. What it probably means is that I was not tight enough from a roster construction standpoint, and I didn't have the capacity or activity level to realize that and go, you know what? I probably should have been buying some more spot starts. Probably should have been buying some more spot start QBs. There were probably places where I could have liquidated a QB that had steady value and just played the week-to-week game and used some of those thirds. Because now I'm at a point where I'm going to have to go put in the work, but I'm going to get very little benefit from it until next year when I have those picks and they're a year out and I have another whole season with week-to-week games to potentially cash those in for points or for spot starts. So now I have to take a lot of those 86 thirds and I have 62 fourths. So way more fourths than I'm going to probably need. And I'm going to have to go and try to cash those in for future picks. And I'm going to have to be creative and it's going to take a little bit of grind. Go through and see those teams where maybe I have way too many of them and start proposing those deals out to try to get future picks. And now the funny thing is I look at my 2025 thirds and... I have, of the 42 leagues, I have my third in every one of those, and I have 28 extras already. So I'm sitting on almost 70% extra capacity of 25 thirds. So maybe this is a theme here that we're discovering live as I'm putting this show out. Maybe I'm a little too aggressive on collecting thirds and not aggressive enough in finding the spots where maybe I should cash those in Uh, for something better, whether that's points during the season or even just upgrades, even marginal upgrades, or maybe I use that to diversify my portfolio a little bit. Players I have in the same tier, I have a lot of one and not a lot of the other. Maybe I'll go kick a third to somebody and see if I can motivate them to make the deal. So with that, that's paying it forward. It's doing a pick inventory analysis on all your leagues, looking at your roster construction and seeing where your capacity may be under pressure. And understanding the benefit of turning those picks into future picks. And I will just say this. This is generally much easier done with seconds, thirds, and fourths. Firsts, I think the analysis becomes very player-specific. And it's very league-specific. You are going to have some leagues love this class. They will give you a future first. 
for the 111 and 112. Other leagues, a lot of people that listen to Trades in 5 or Destination Devi, they're going to look at, well, I'm giving you a future first for that 109 or 110. Like That's the capacity. I don't even feel comfortable doing that. So that deal is going to be a little bit tougher in the first round, especially as the tiers start to emerge and everyone sees the player pool. That's going to be more player-specific and tier-specific. But seconds, thirds, and fourths, no reason you can't combine those to things, but more importantly, pay it forward, kick the pick out to a future year, understand that what you are gaining is twofold. You're gaining the pressure relief off your team from a roster capacity standpoint, but you're also gaining the flexibility of now I have an ambiguous pick and I don't even care if that's going to be an early, a mid, or a late second. Like right now, that's not defined to me. During the season, if it's of a team that's at 8-0, clearly the person that's trading for it can see that it's a late second. But it gives me that flexibility when another whole season of variance comes along and I have these picks to move away. So paying it forward, one of the first things I'm going to do as leagues roll over to 2024, I'm excited for the offseason. A lot coming from Destination Devi, a lot coming from Trades in 5. So really excited for that, but I still got to get back to the portfolio grind and trying to get some of this stuff done in my own league. So with that, I will go ahead and sign off. Happy New Year to everybody. Looking forward to much more Dynasty Portfolio Strategy to discuss with everybody this offseason, and I will sign off. Be chill.